Deuteronomy chapter 31, Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> Man, I love the Lord. I love being here. Things, Miss Kathy, that said the other day were small but mighty. Amen. I'll take quality over quantity any day of the week. Any day of the week. Amen. There's no place I'd rather be. <clears throat> we could be uh, stuck <clears throat> in a hospital this morning. We could be stuck in our home, not able to get out. We might be disabled and not get it, be able to get out. <clears throat> we might be far away from home. You might be stuck working and you can't get out. We're blessed to be here this morning. Amen. We have liberty to, to be here and we have freedom to be here. Let's not take that for granted. Amen. <clears throat> I mean, he's only given us eternal life. Right. Saved us from eternal damnation. You know, we, we serve a good God. Amen. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 16. <clears throat> and the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, and this people will rise up and go a-whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land, whether they go to be among them and will forsake me and break my covenant which I have made with them. Then my anger shall be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured. And many evils and troubles shall befall them, so they will say in that day, Are not these evils come upon us, because our God is not among us? And I will surely hide my face in that day for all the evils which they shall have wrought, and that they are turned unto other gods. Man, that's like where we live today. Where's God? What's God doing? How come God's not helping me? God should be doing this and God should be doing that. All the while ignoring how they're, they're whoring after other gods. Well, they're not bowing down and worshiping. They're not sacrificing their children to the God of Molech. But they're absolutely, absolutely lusting after this and lusting after that. Putting anything and everything before the God of the universe. And then wonder why God doesn't bless them. Man, I, I know the Old Testament is, it was written for our learner I, I, admonition. Am I saying that right? I almost said admiration. <laughs> admonition. But man, I know there's so much application and principle that we can glean from and history we can glean from. But a lot of these things are just the same because of human nature. Verse 19, now therefore write ye this song for you. God's speaking to Moses. He says, now therefore write ye this song for you and teach it, uh, and teach it the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. God literally said, Moses, write this down. I got a song I want you to write down to teach the people. And that's exactly what he did. Brother Zollers, there's not... Not a corner of this church that you haven't put time and sweat and effort into. And I appreciate you, brother, over the years. Talk about being faithful. You know, there, sometimes Brother Zollers falls into the category of people that um, I, I don't have to talk to too often because they're always here and faithful. It's usually the ones that are causing all the problems that I usually got to be like, dealing with all the time. And it takes up all my time usually. I thank God for faithful people like Brother Zollers. Brother Zollers, would you open in a word of prayer, sir? Amen. 
Amen. <clears throat> Why would God want Moses to write down the words of a song? The answer is found in verse 19. He said, Now therefore write ye the, uh, this song for you and teach it uh, the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths. And this is the answer. That this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. This is a song, this whole chapter 32 is a song of remembrance. It's a song to encourage. It's a song to motivate. Then, he, then, 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 then the Lord goes on to explain why the children of Israel need this song. Look at verse 20. For when I shall have brought them into the land which I swear unto their fathers that flow with milk and honey, and they shall have eaten and filled themselves and waxed and fat, then they will turn unto other gods and will serve them and provoke me and break my covenant. And it shall come to pass when many evils and troubles are befallen them that this song shall testify against them as a witness. For it shall not be forgotten out of the mouths of their seed. For I know their imagination which they go about even now before have I brought them into the land which I swear. Songs are important. Songs are important. I've seen a, hot, a lot of Holy Spirit moving in songs. It doesn't have to be an invitation. It can be before church starts. It could be driving home. Whether you're listening to something or you're singing something or, or, or whatever, it goes a long ways. <clears throat> Miss Michelle keeps Brother Tony's CD in her living room. That helps her. It was playing this morning when we walked in. It helps her. Good music goes a long ways. This tells me two things. The more that we have, the more that we forget God. I know we know that. But we forget it. We forget it. My dad would always say, it's not what you know, it's what you know. And if he was upset with me, his finger would be in my forehead. It's not what you know, son. It's what you know. Amen. Oh, I, had a, I have a good dad. Amen. But God not only knows our thoughts, he knows our imaginations as well. You have to turn there, but Genesis 6, 5 says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's about the state we live in. Only evil continually. And that was before they had every, all the, 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 the self-satisfactory stuff that we have today. I'm not complaining that we have it. I love the I love the hot showers this week. Oh man, I, it was just like a, a, a cold drink of fresh water on a hot day to take a hot shower after doing demo and being nasty. Amen. I thank God for the technology and things that we have. God's been good to us, but you know all the things that we have really draws us away from the Lord as a whole. Otherwise, the church house will be full this morning because we. Amen. I could stick on that all day. <clears throat> But we may forget sermons. We, we do. <laughs> we forget messages. We forget advice that people gave us. We forget things that we learn uh, both in uh, school and both in, uh, uh, um, uh, in the church house. 
from our parents, from our teachers, we forget things. We're like, we're like a five-gallon bucket with holes in it. We've got to keep putting it in there. We're just going to draw empty. That's why it's so important to have constant fellowship. That's why it's important to, to, to study the mirror of the Word of God, to keep reminding ourselves who we are, how degenerate we are, and to learn God's Word. Not just how to live, but uh, 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 knowledge in, 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 in things of God. We need to get to a place where we're not just trying to get people on how to live. Like, let's not be baby Christians anymore. Let's, let's get a little deeper, amen. But songs are used for teaching. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, elemental, elemental, amen. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Uh, if it weren't for that song, I would have never learned the New Testament books of the Bible, right? But songs, song, songs mean a lot. Uh, you'll be in a grocery store, and you might hear uh, some song, and immediately takes you to a place of the past. When I um, uh, was in high school, I was on the wrestling team, and I would work out with the football players. They were listening to... Um, I think it was the Beatles or, or one of those groups. I think, it'd be, I think it was them. But when I hear some of those oldies songs, like it rings in my head and I immediately go back to high school in the gym, you know, when I didn't have this big gut and, and I could eat anything I wanted and it didn't matter. Amen. Uh, but songs are important. They, 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 the, the songs will remind us of the past. I remember the first song that me and Rachel held hands to. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, I was in a wrestling tournament one time at school, and it was, it was nothing official. And they got the mats out, just, the, just an unofficial wrestling tournament between us and the guys. And I, I did really good. I didn't win, but I did really good. And I was on a run, and I was just beating these guys. I, was, I mean, I was a 189 class, so immediately I'm in like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to beat everybody anyways. But there's people above me that beat me. So I was on this long streak of just taking people out, and I was, felt like I was on top of the world, right? Well, well they, every, for every different person, they would play a CD. Back in the C, you don't know what those are probably anymore. Uh, but, but, and they were playing, you know, whatever they think would fit that person, and it would be like Green Day was big when I was in high school, Metallica, Beastie Boys. That's all I can think of. But when it was my turn, they're like, they literally said, we don't have anything with a banjo. So they're like, oh, one kid was like, I got something. And they put on, um, driving down the road, trying to loosen my lo- take it easy, right? So now when I hear that song, I, I remember oh, the wrestling match, right? Songs will re- remind you of things. I'm going to get, somebody's going to soundbite that. He's going to be from the pulpit singing these oldies songs. It'll be Rachel. She's going to make it go viral. <laughs> Amen. The songs remind us of the past. My mom and dad, um, my dad bought a cordless Bluetooth speaker, and, and that was a blessing, amen, for Rachel. And uh, my dad was so excited because she was putting music on there for him. And it's like 99% gospel, but he had some oldie songs he put on there. And, like, he was so excited because it reminded him when he was dating my mom. And he was so excited to hear some of those songs. And it, it just, there's memory to it. There's memory to it. 
Songs are an expression of our feelings. Just write anyone who's ever wrote a song ever, ever of all time. Love songs are born out of passion and desire. I wrote Rachel a couple of them. While other songs are born out of rebellion. The children of Israel, when they crossed the Red Sea, what did they do? They sang a new song. They're like, hey, let's, hey, let's, sing, let's sing this, guys. Let's sing this chorus. And they, they come up with a new song that they crossed the Red Sea. And you could preach a message right there. There ought to be a new song in your heart when you get saved. There was, uh, you guys know Brian McBride, the evangelist? I, I love him. I love him. I love him. Um, but, but to be, and he's a great preacher. He really, really is. But, but he plays all the bluegrass instruments really well. And I, and I, I love that. And, and he was preaching one time. And uh, um, he, uh, he, he, he was saying how before he got saved, him and his buddies would play music nonstop. And it was like folk, country, rock, electric, a little string, but just, just all the worldly He loved music, and they played all the different music. Well, when he got saved, he said all of a sudden he didn't have a desire for that. He said his desire just changed. Well, we know because he's a new creature, Right? That stuff's all passed away. So, so, so he said all of a sudden, he didn't even like the electric guitars anymore. He said he just didn't like it. He didn't care for all the beady stuff and all the hard stuff. He said he had this desire. He wanted to play the stringed instruments more than anything. And he wanted to sing gospel songs. He lost all his music buddies. Yeah. They said he's crazy. You, right. you just lost it. But his desire had changed. But ultimately, and turn to Ephesians chapter 5, 19, but ultimately, songs are for worship. My dad always, always taught me that our talents and gifts were for the local church. God gave you a talent, it ought to be used in the local church. It's not for you to keep under a bushel and keep hiding. Nobody's going to see it. Well, I use it uh, every now and then when I feel like it. Hey, how about you just give your life to the Lord and all of a sudden allow Him to use you. Then all of a sudden the gifts that we have, all of a sudden they all work together as different members of the church, different members of the body, and things just work smoothly. That is awesome. I believe that our statistics are higher than the average church. Uh, I, there's sayings, and I don't know how accurate they are. I feel like they're accurate. Say things like, like 20% do, you know, 80% of the work or something like that, things of that nature. Usually a small portion of the church do pretty much everything. And that's just not a small church thing. I know churches that three, 400 people, they can't get more than two ladies to watch the nursery. I mean, right now I know churches are that way. And, it, and who is it? It's the pastor's wife and assistant pastor's wife. Nobody else wants to go back in there. Big churches, they don't have youth leaders because nobody wants to say, I'll do it. It's our human nature. That's not our message this morning. Songs are for worship. Ephesians 5, 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things in the God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord thought it was important to say, hey, uh, you guys are going to go into the promised land. I want, here's a new song I want you to have. It's important for you to sing it. Why, but what do we do as Christians? 
Let me turn on anything worldly. Give me anything worldly that's not gospel. That's all I want to listen to is not gospel. Why? Because that's where your heart is. We don't know what it's like to be filled with the Spirit. Amen. Colossians chapter 3, verse 6. Colossians chapter 3, verse 6. We'll be back to our text, Deuteronomy, in a moment, but Colossians chapter 3, verse 6. Guys, hymns are important. Songs are important. But this is all. God gave us these things for worship. It's not just so we can sing about drinking and boozing in the bar and talk about our, our drug life and we lost our mom and our wife and our dog and our house and singing about the big D and I don't mean Dallas. God gave us songs to worship him. He gave us talents to worship him. That's what it is for. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. In what? In preaching? He said in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. What do songs do? They teach and they admonish. They also encourage. It's important what we listen to. That's not the crux of the message, but boy, it's important the songs that we listen to. We don't think it is. That's why we only listen to gospel when we walk into the church house. Ouch. Back to our text, Deuteronomy chapter 32. By the way, that's why it's not just words alone that are important. You know what the number one thing? I listen to Christian rap. I listen to Christian rock. Well, they got good words. The words mean nothing if the attitude is wrong. I'll acknowledge, man, I'm sure there's songs that have great words to it. Usually not. Usually shallow. But it's the attitude. I am, um, I'm not against all contemporary Christian music. Because there's been some contemporary Christian songs I hate how they did it, but we did it our own way, and all of a sudden the attitude's different. I mean, amazing grace, how sweet, oh, the sound. Who's getting the glory out of that? Not the Lord. Not the Lord. It don't matter what the, it doesn't matter as much what the words are. It's about the attitude. And I don't care if it's Southern Gospel or it's rock or it's rap or whatever genre you want to put in. I don't care if it's classical Christian. You could be a snooty falooty person up there. Uh-huh, I'm too good for everybody. It's the attitude. It's the attitude. <sighs> That's not really the message, but amen. The attitude is so important in music. Do you think that when they cross the Red Sea... That they were, they, they were like, oh, we got to get out the electric guitar. No, we can't do it without whatever. No, no, no. It was, thank you, Lord, for the salvation you just gave us. Thank you, Lord. We just want to worship you. We love you, Lord. We want to give you our entire lives. That was the attitude. Not music that says, look at me at how great I am. Moses' song has a total of 43 verses in it. What? That's long. That would never have got played on the uh, radio. Uh, what was that one? Wow, this is an oldies song day. Um, 
long, long time ago. I can still remember. Bye-bye, Miss America. That one's like, what, six minutes long? I've heard, I'm, I think it's true, that nobody would play that on the radio because it was like six minutes. Like, that was unheard of. And I think the average song is like two and a half still today is the average, right? I thank God for that. I don't like long songs. They're boring as a musician, right? Uh, but yeah, 43 verses, that's a lot. That's a lot. But, but that's a godly song that God wanted them to learn. You know what they probably did? Learn them. You know, God's got given us some words he wants us to learn. You know what we ought to do? Learn them. Let's just read the first few verses here. We won't read it all. I, I, I can't even imagine what the tune was or how this sounded. Because it, it, there's no way to make it a tune rhyme anyway in English. It's, no, it's just not happening. Amen. Uh, Lord willing, we'll hear it one day. But Deuteronomy 32, this, here's the beginning of the song. We'll read the first old four verses. It says, Give ear, uh, O heavens, O ye heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as a small rain upon the tender herb, uh, and as the showers upon the grass. Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. And if you start looking at this song, and you take time to read it, and I encourage you, go home and read it. This song is filled with Doctrine. It's filled with doctrine. We should be singing doctrine-filled songs. You know, fluff songs are, you know, just shallow songs. They have a catchy tune maybe. I play a banjo. I like catchy tunes. It's not wrong to sing necessarily a fluff song. I like singing a song that's just maybe a little more repetitive with some banjo, whatever. It doesn't make it wrong but, you know, I like ice cream, too. Yeah. And I love cotton candy, not really. But I love sugary things. But you can't really, that needs to be sometimes, you can't have a steady diet of that. You need to have some doctrine songs in your life. Because what happens is we listen to the world all week long and we show up for church on Sunday as if that, really? You're going to eat ice cream all week long. And then for one meal a week, you spend just 10 minutes singing a song of getting some meat, and you wonder why you're spiritually inept, spiritually starving. Song filled with doctrine. Now let's jump to the last of the last of the song. Look at verse 51, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 51. The last of the song says, Because he trespassed against me among the children of Israel at the waters of uh, Meribah Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin, because he sanctified me not in the midst of the children of Israel, yet thou shalt see the land before thee, but thou shalt not go in thither unto the land which I give uh, the children of Israel. Can I tell you... That's God speaking to Moses. He gave him this song to write, and then he's saying, you know, you're not going to make it to, you get to see it, but you can't go in. This isn't just a song of praise, but it's a song of a reminder. It's a song of judgment. 
know, the songs we sing, doctrine songs, yeah, there's a lot of praise, but doctrine songs should be a reminder of God's judgment. But Tony writes some good doctrine songs. Gary Duty writes some good doctrine songs. Fanny Crosby writes some good doctrine songs. We don't know how that song sounded, but I bet it was beautiful. A song that was given directly from God to the lips of the people of Israel. It makes me want to read it and listen to it and soak in what God wanted his people to sing. Literally, directly. Wow. That's something to think about. I thank God for the songs that we can remember. I, I, I is part of the message last week. Jesus passed by my way. Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Without him I would be nothing. Only trust him, only trust him. He's just sweeter every day I find my heart is closer drawn. He's fairer than the lilies, uh, something, 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 something. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. Now compare that to the average contemporary song. All of a sudden they're looking pretty shallow because there's a lot less doctrine in them. God gave his people a song filled with doctrine. We ought to take the principle and apply it. Look, turn to Revelation chapter 15, verse 2. We'll wind this message down. Amen. After writing this song and teaching it to the people, securing it in a book and storing it for safekeeping in a public manner, God basically tells Moses to go up on a mountain and die. Last thing he saw was looking into Canaan land. How bittersweet it must have been. I mean, he was longing for Canaan. That's what they lived for for 40 plus years, looking for Canaan land and and. And we sing songs about Canaan as in heaven. That's really not, I don't think, the spiritual application. Canaan was not really heaven. Canaan was the, the sanctified Christian life. Uh, 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 stepping in, the, the Christian walk was really Canaan. But that's another message. But how bittersweet it must have been. But I found this interesting that at some point in heaven, John, the revelator, witnessed in a vision a specific time when a multitude is singing the very same song. They're not singing Tony's songs. I'm sorry, brother. They're not singing Gary Duty's songs. And I love his. They're not singing Fanny Crosby's song. They're singing Moses' song in heaven. Look at Revelation chapter 15, verse 2. He said, And I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. Amen. Uh, there's music in heaven. I hope there's banjos too. There's got to be. There's got to be. Look at verse 3. And they sing what? The song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, 
Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. You know, God wrote the song, why wouldn't he want it sung in heaven? Amen? What a testimony to the word of God, too. You say, well, how so? Uh, Matthew 24, 35, my word shall pass away, or heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Amen. Amen. Moses' song is in the word of God. Amen. They're going nowhere for eternity. When we sing gospel songs filled with doctrine, it's doctrine because it's the very word of God. You say, that's real simplistic. I know. I know. And I love simplistic. So if you, if you think about it, we're not just singing about Jesus. We're singing Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made flesh, and the Word dwelt among men. Amen. Psalms 48.1, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised Him. Evangelist Brian McBride, I think he's a pastor now. There was a change when he got saved. His desire changed when he got saved. He didn't... He, he, he didn't desire those things anymore. I, I, I know we still have consequences of the flesh and things that we, uh, consequences of the flesh. I worked out with the football team and I know all these old, I think, Beatles songs, right? Uh, hey, you, you're, you're, you're a smoker before you got, hey, you get saved, yeah, you're a new creature, amen. You, you're still going to have a smoking problem and you got to kick, right? But there ought to be a change when you get saved. There ought to be a, a song in your heart. And yeah. ought not be a constant country song. Right. I hope that there was a moment in your life at some point when you called upon the Lord and you asked Him to come in your heart and to save you, to accept Him for the Savior that He is, not to acknowledge Him as the Savior, but to accept Him as your personal Savior. And I hope that at that point in time, there was a change in your life. Because there's people that will say a prayer. They'll raise their hand. Yeah. Saying a prayer has never saved anybody. Right. Raising your hand has never saved anybody. Yeah. And, and those people will often think, I'm good to go. I'm going to continue singing the same rock songs that I was singing. Because there's not a new song in my heart. There ought to have been a change in your life. God told Moses, hey, you guys are going to be singing it soon. He, he didn't say, hey, hopefully they'll learn it. He said, teach it to them so it comes out of their mouth. For this generation, I believe he said the next, and for thy seed. He's talking about, hey, for all your generations, they're going to know this song and they're going to sing it. Yeah. I hope you're saved this morning. Because if you are, we're all going to get to sing that song. And I would guess, and I'm completely speculating, I know that we think that the English language is like above all languages of all time. I disagree with that. Right. But maybe, just maybe we'll be singing it in Hebrew. I don't know. Right. Amen. Or Greek. I don't know what they're doing in heaven. I don't believe in uh, an angelic language like they talk about 